Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is Cues of the Force. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. There are no cues in my name, which is kind of sad. But anyway, I'm still Joseph Scrimshaw. 
I'd like a Q. I got a Z. I'm Cadnapsock. That Z and that P combos thrown people for a loop my entire life. <laughs> yep, I understand. I've said before, growing up in the Midwest, Scrimshaw is pretty straightforward, but everybody wanted there to be an H in it. And then when there wasn't, Oh, every year at school is Joseph Shroom Shushmashwa here? Like, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, a Q would have thrown it off even more. Do you ever wish your uh, middle initial was Q? Would you want to be Ken Q Napsock? Yeah, yeah. It's Alan, so I'm good with Khan as my my initials. But uh, Q is a it's a mysterious letter. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, Aaron, so uh, jazz, yeah. <laughs> which I used to use for video games when they wanted you to uh, enter your name. I, in in uh, the Zelda games, I was jazz, hero of time, which was fun. Very fun. <laughs> anyway, we are here to talk Q's, which stands for questions, and A's, which stands for answers most of the time. But A can stand for other things like Audible. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. We are continuing to recommend Path of Deceit by Tessa Grattan and Justina Ireland, a high republic adventure that we will dig into if you want to be caught up and give it a listen. You can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash four center. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for a free audio book. So we've handled the A that is audible. Now we have the A that is ask. We do have an ask. You all out there have been so great in supporting us over on YouTube. The second episode of Figure Fights uh, premiere yesterday. Always fun for that. And, and we're going to go back to our ask of 7,000 subscribers. Uh, it is a humble number that we're so close to reaching. And uh, so many of you who have listened, have supported us, subscribed over there. And we know, look, YouTube's not necessarily for everyone. We totally get that, but it's uh, we're having a lot of fun over there. So we humbly ask you to consider helping us reach our 7,000 subscriber goal over on YouTube. And uh, give us a, a like on the Figure Fights episode. We got some essays. We got shorts. We got it all, Joseph. I'm like a used YouTube car salesman. <laughs> we got essays. We got shorts. It sounds like that's what we're wearing. And that's <laughs> what we're talking about. We got it all. Go see our shorts. Anyway, uh, we've got uh, two A's out of the way, which means we are down to the third A, answers. We got Q's and A's. We got two questions from listeners on Twitter, as always, and two from our patrons on Patreon. We're going to go first to Twitter and Dr. Adelaide Clark, which, in my opinion, is a cool real name that absolutely sounds like a, a fun fictional character. Dr. Mm -hmm. Adelaide Clark says, Q time. Uh, watching episode three, uh, listening to old pod episodes has made me want to rewatch Kenobi. Do you think Anakin ever questioned to himself or to Sheev's face why Palpatine knew so much about the Sith? Or is it just that he didn't want to know, so he chose not to notice? Mm. Mm. Very intriguing. Ken, where do you go with this one? I wish I had one of those answers that pulls in a lot of stuff from canon and this episode and that episode. I, I, sometimes I wish I had that my my mind uh, uh, set up in that way. I go to I go to like the hard stuff there, and 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 Doctor Clark here uh, has a has a wonderful thought of don't we all just do this? Don't we all ignore the warning signs? <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> we don't want to question what you think will help you. And Anakin is in that spot. And that's the strength of Palpatine. He knows it. He's been building towards this. And that's why that scene in the, in the, in the uh, uh, opera there, the, the uh, Mon Calamari Squid Lake ballet, that's why it just resonates. It sings, baby. It's just like, oh, I got gotcha. you. 
I gotcha. <laughs> and I've I've said over the years, like back in the day, oh five, like I had a little bit of problem with with Anakin's fall. Like I want, I don't know, and I still just I don't know what I wanted it to be more violent, more cool. Like he was like, I have the power. Like he's he man. No, he falls to his knees in tears because that is the fall. He can't overcome all these things. And I do think it goes to stuff like this. If he had stopped for a second and thought about it, maybe he would have questioned his own path. But then, and and and, and wrap up my answer here, Joseph. I wonder how much of it was a sort of ignorance or, or lack of the full picture and, and all the knowledge that he needed. And I don't want to say, I don't want this to come across as just a complete indictment on the Jedi order and their policies and their, and their, and their curriculum in the schools. But how much do they know of the process? Uh, we got Mason Yoda talking about, well, we know the rule of two. They got that, but they haven't been around for a thousand years. And there's going to be another question uh, shortly here that we're going to answer. <laughs> I think it even ties into this stuff, but I want to get ahead of ourselves here in the show. So what haven't they shared? And not necessarily from a, we're going to protect uh, younglings. We don't want them to know the truth or any of that kind of stuff, but just, how much of Anakin, how much of his brain is set up to immediately understand or, or pick up all the stuff of, well, well, wait a minute. If you learned some, wait a second, all the, uh, what am I doing? What am I doing? But at the end of the day, Anakin's not prepared to ask himself that question. What am I doing? He's ignoring all the signs. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I think that this is, for me, one of uh, the the best scenes in all of Star Wars. I know we say that often, uh, but we have a lot of favorite scenes. <laughs> Look yeah. for our ranked episode, the 2,000 best scenes in all of Star Wars. But <laughs> I viscerally remember seeing the Galaxy's Opera House uh, seduction <laughs> scene, yes. uh, you know, emotional, uh, mental uh selling selling the soul at the crossroads scene uh on my first viewing at midnight uh in in back in minneapolis uh it's so so well done the manipulation is so clear and i think that palpatine's manipulation is very successful but it is ultimately anakin who does have to go along with it right and that's Mm -hmm. what uh, dr adelaide clark is asking about Mm -hmm. i think anakin had got himself to a place where he was was not going to reach out to the people that he knew loved him and cared about him for answers, mm-hmm. right? He mm-hmm. Padme tries to get through to him, and he's he's not super communicative with her in the film. Obi Wan tries to talk to him, and he's not super communicative. You know, mm-hmm. he's not he, he's not calling Ahsoka of his own volition, going kid. <laughs> yeah, you know, Anakin is in a in a headspace like I am when I'm angry on Twitter and I see a headline I really agree with Mm. and I just want to hit retweet without checking the source because (laughs) I I want that to be true. I need that to be true. I want to slam that retweet button because it (laughs) is what I need to hear and it's what I want to be true. And I really work hard to be like, "Uh, but I better read it, you know, double check the source, double check the date it's from, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I think Anakin's just in a place to be like, that is exactly what I need to hear in the biggest picture of my my fear that of mm. that there is what if there isn't a power I've promised mm. uh, that I'll be powerful enough to stop people I love from dying. I promised my mother at her grave that yeah. you know I've promised Padme that I've promised myself this can't happen. Here's the answer. But then on top of it, the great manipulation of. There's a lot of things the Jedi haven't told you. He wants to believe that without checking the sources too. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, uh, first of all, I love that you've really summed this up well. Anakin smashing the retweet button. is just <laughs> absolutely the way to look at it. I really think that's the case. Yeah. And, and again, I, I don't want to sound like 
I'm, I'm, I'm wagging a finger at the Jedi Order. They get enough of that. Um, but that, yeah, not all the tools were replaced. Not all the tools in the toolbox for Anakin. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing for me that can sometimes get a, a little tricky to navigate when discussing the Jedi and in especially in our Clone Wars uh, report discussions. Why I was big on hashtag Justice for the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy to to say like we when we see them in the prequel era, they are making these mistakes, and so that's who the Jedi are. Mm-hmm. And I just always feel like the story is bigger than that. Of they have these lofty ideals and they stumble from them. Um, and I think the point is is to look at how they stumbled. And I think one of the ways that it could be argued that they have stumbled is they have created an atmosphere where somebody like Palpatine can, uh, manipulate Anakin, right? Because they have become more rigid in a lot of ways. They, they haven't, you know, given Anakin sort of the, the emotional, uh, support he needs. They've, they've just told him where he needs to go. They haven't helped him get there. Mm Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan included of here's here's some healthier ways to process your feelings just like damn you, you shouldn't you shouldn't that's not what a Jedi does don't don't be so worried about your mother being the moment like great okay well help him do that um but then I, I think so much of this has been expanded well in a lot of the publishing storytelling even tales of the Jedi which we'll talk about more but this idea that the the Jedi have gotten more and more restrictive about you know putting the Sith artifacts behind walls because like, okay, Hey, fair enough. (laughs) There might be a Sith living in them. (laughs) You you don't want to be like, Hey, younglings play with this mask, discover things, right? Put it on. But at the same time, there's that, like you need to not make it this forbidden unspoken of thing that will only make it more interesting. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like they have this good instinct and then they're, they're like over overly protective parents, which I know, you know, yeah. And I both have real life experiences with of like, if you just deny emotions, you know, anger, uh, darkness, fear, uh, then th- that makes them even more dangerous because then you, you're not helping people find ways to cope with them. Right. Um, yeah. and, and I think that's like that's one of the criticisms of the Jedi. And I think it's the one that that Palpatine is exploiting so well uh, mm-hmm. over the years. Palpatine has earned Anakin's uh, trust because he's always so supportive. Uh, he's been the person who's always saying what Anakin wants to hear, right? Mm-hmm. That it's great to have power and you're the most powerful and you are competent and you are capable and they shouldn't, uh, you know, hold you back. So so Palpatine has really created an atmosphere where where even when he's suddenly like, I know some legends of the Sith, there's, there's a reason that Anakin's not questioning him because mm-hmm. Palpatine has set up this world to trust him, right? You know? Yeah. 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 It's almost as, uh, now, now, now we're in a youth group situation where Anakin's been told don't have sex or do drugs. Just wait a week and see how that works out. Uh, sorry, real world experiences happening here. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Palpatine, this is, this is the strength of, of Palpatine, uh, the manipulator, the great manipulator of the galaxy. Uh, he is the great evil, but these are the tools. Uh, and that just, the I even, we, we've talked about this before, even stuff with, with Obi-Wan and Anakin having kind of the, the hard uh, conversation about Padme. And it didn't quite go as far as it maybe needed. Uh, if, if Anakin just felt he could explore that, he'd be in a better position to deal with it. And then, because he can't, and again, no, no finger wagging at anybody, but we all make our choices and this is where you're at. You're in that balcony and Palpatine's just been waiting to say, look at the knowledge I have, look at the power I have. And, why would you question it? Why, if you're Anakin, why would you at that point? Yeah. Put the details. 
I also just think that there is the possibility that the Jedi really haven't held that much back or restricted that much, but they've created an atmosphere where that is entirely believable to Anakin. And that's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things about this scene is Palpatine frames this Sith legend not as something that's like particularly elusive or secret. He's not like, bend over, I'm going to tell you a story only I know, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a story the Jedi wouldn't tell him. Yes. Is though that like, hey, if you're if you hung out with bounty hunters more, uh, this is this is a well-known fable, you know, it, <laughs> it, yeah. and the idea that he's framing it that way. Well, he's telling him something that uh, I don't think the Jedi know. Right. Um, mm-hmm. If we are to believe that's his life story, the Jedi don't know the the legend of Darth Plague is the wise. Yeah. And it, it, he, Anakin is living in a world where that uh, manipulation is is really easy. It's easy to believe that the Jedi have kept something from them from him and then it's really funny when it's like yeah i don't i don't i don't think that personally i don't think they know that story (laughs) yeah yeah oh man it all just feeds into how dangerous palpatine is for me yeah master manipulator sheev palpatine great question uh dr adelaide clark thank you we're gonna move on to our next question from ben potter which ken as you said it's got some overlap we're in the same era Mm -hmm. uh ben says in the phantom menace Mace asks Qui-Gon if he thinks Anakin is the person in the prophecy that will bring balance to the Force. I think part of the Jedi Council's disbelief in Qui-Gon is that they assume the Force was in balance because the Sith have not been around for so long. Your thoughts. <laughs> Where do you go with this, Ken? Uh, do you think that uh, some of the uh, the Jedi on the Council, who are a little cocky, a little sure of themselves, are you? <laughs> do you think they are like, What's the problem? Everything's in balance. We're great. Everything's golden. Yeah. Once again, I apologize for not having a, an exact canon list of all this stuff in my head here, but I, I think somewhere Kiati Mundi is nodding. Well, yes. <laughs> it was. Um, okay, part of the downfall was their arrogance. Uh, Yoda and Mace, they, they do have that conversation right with, with Obi-Wan a couple of times. Uh, at least it's implied. So there's that arrogance. Uh, uh, and, and usually, I don't know, to me, arrogance usually masks fear, right? Uncertainty, maybe some self-confidence issues. Uh, there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance. And if you're pushed to that direction, I often wonder what it's hiding. So someone going, hey, found this kid and he's going to fix what we think isn't broken. That could very well be a problem. And again, I don't want to finger wag. I, I think Mace is right on so many things. Execution, bedside manner, bit of a problem, right? <laughs> over and over again. Uh, and and I just think. It's hard for anyone to, I, I love this angle. I love this question, Ben. Of, of mm-hmm. it, It's hard to, you know, Qui-Gon, who, by the way, they're already at odds with Qui-Gon. He, he's, you know, maybe not on all the Life Day Christmas card uh, lists for all these mm-hmm. people. Uh, and, and here he is. It's implied, I think, in that. Hey, you know, this, this is the one, this prophecy that's so long ago. And by the way, you know, we don't, we, you know, Qui-Gon and, and Dooku, they get into the prophecy thing and, the dangers of that and Jedi's relationship to prophecy and, and all that kind of stuff can be discussed at Master Apprentice. Great, great. That book comes up, Dooku Jedi Lost. So, and then you got Qui-Gon just kind of, uh, yep, well, I still dug into it and look at this. We This this kid's going to save us. Of course you're going to be like, what, that kid? This little angry cold kid? Nah. <laughs> nah. And uh, that's why you get that some of that stuff. And then later on, hey, maybe we got this wrong. There's some fighting it as well. To me, mm-hmm. so that's where my mind starts and goes. A prophecy that misunderstood or misread could have been, yeah. 
Um, you know, I, I definitely agree with you. I think there is absolutely some cockiness uh, about this, particularly from Kiati Mundi and Mace, who they, they've got the the double denial, right, of uh, Kiati Mundi says, impossible. The Sith have been extinct for a millennium about Qui-Gon saying, I, I think Darth Maul was a Sith Lord. And Mace says, I do not believe the Sith could have returned without us knowing. Uh, so they they both seem to to uh, be supporting Ben's question that there's some disagreement on the council that like yeah, we might be having some problems right now. Sure, you know, yeah. some going, things going on with the government and eh, some flare ups here and there, but we're not in the middle of a you know some great dark era. Um, yeah. So I I like the idea that some of the council is like hey. <laughs> you know, hands on the wheel at two and 10 or whatever they're, you know, <laughs> telling us now these days and driver's ed and space driver's ed, we got this, we're going mm-hmm. along. Let's not be all paranoid and worrying about stuff. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, whereas I think uh, other council members are a little bit more open, a little bit more concerned. Uh, I really like how all of this gets fleshed out in those tales of the Jedi episodes. Uh, yeah with Dooku in particular, that there's a picture that really emerges of, of Mace of he is a rule follower and a rule enforcer. Uh, the code is, is everything to him. The council's wisdom is everything to him. And I think that's, that's such the, the, the tricky part of the whole justice for the Jedi thing is like, mm-hmm. there's great hard earned wisdom in all of the Jedi's rules and ways. And yet at the same time, they also have to be open to questioning them. And I think Mace and Kiati Mundi in this particular moment, in this instance, represent a moment where, hey, the Jedi ways and the codes and the beliefs are probably correct 99% of the time, but you got to be open to that 1% where they need to be questioned. And that's where they always bump heads with Qui-Gon because Qui-Gon is somebody who is open to possibilities and open to the evidence in front of his eyes and in, in what he feels in his instincts. Right. And he's sort of like, Hey, yeah, it codes, the codes awesome. <laughs> Thumbs up on code. No real problems with the code, but Hey, you get out in the galaxy and sometimes you got to be more open than that. And, yeah. and I don't mean that in a great Jedi way of where Qui-Gon's like, Hey, the code says don't kill, but sometimes, yeah, you just got an ace and MF or like, that's not what I mean. I mean like, well, maybe this is had returned, you know, Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we, un- maybe we th- always thought we would feel it, but maybe we don't. And yeah. maybe there's a reason for that. And maybe prophecies are usually, are often problematic, but maybe this one isn't. He's just open to what is in front of him and responding to what is in front of him. And mm-hmm. I like more and more as I watch it, uh, interpreting some of the, the coldness and the frustration uh, that is emanating from the council and the Phantom Menace is like, poor Anakin is taking the heat <laughs> that they want to yeah. give Qui-Gon. <laughs> Oh yes, a hundred percent. And it, it, to me, it's it's one of Jake Lloyd's finest moments of just when they're like, you know, paraphrase. You cold? How you doing? Yeah, I'm cold, a holes. <laughs> like, what do you yeah. think? And you're making me colder. Like, yeah, I'm cold, sir. <laughs> cold, sir. I, you know, I love Jake Lloyd in that moment, and I think it he nails it, nails it. And then you got Qui Gon. You know, I almost wish. You know, we're having this is a great conversation, just real, you know, going into total head I Sometimes I wish Kawhi would step in front of him and be like, Hey, hey, you got something to say, you say to me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you got a problem, Caddy? Got a problem? Talk got to me. Problem. Got a problem? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, that 
they're just being rigid to answer Ben's question. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that the attitude is that the Sith couldn't have returned. They're, they're, you know, overly confident in, in their power in, in mm-hmm. the, you know, the fact that the Jedi aren't fallible uh, in, in their minds in this moment. I think some of the prophecy stuff that gets built up in, in Dooku Jedi lost and in master and apprentice in particular, I think there's a little bit of like, yeah, prophecies are not, we're we're not big on them, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I, I totally think that big chunks of the council are thinking that, like, yeah, these here's two things we don't believe or want to deal with, yeah. <laughs> and they and they dovetail that. Uh, oh, here normally Qui Gon comes in with one winner, and this time he's got two. <laughs> <laughs> the Sith are back, and he's got a, a virgins in the force centered in a young boy who's the one who's going to stop it. Okay, yeah. okay. Enjoy your fantasy story, Qui-Gon. Get the bleep out of here. Yeah. And by the way, you showed up with this goofy Gungan. Like you just, you, you know, Obi-Wan said you're just picking up pathetic life forms all along the way here. You're doing your yeah. thing, yeah, Qui-Gon. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I and I really think it is. This, this is kind of ongoing philosophical battle because mm-hmm. we also know from uh, uh, Tales of the Jedi that there are Jedi who do believe that something's not right in the galaxy. That's what's driving, uh, you know, sifo mad. Dooku mm-hmm. believes that. I kind of think Yoda's more open to it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think him saying, you know, uh, always two there are is is him believing some of the rumors, you know? Yep. Um, uh, the, the Yaddle story is her going, you know what, Dooku, you were right. The Things aren't right. And, and a lot of people on the council aren't willing to look at it, aren't willing to think about it, don't agree that something's not right. Yeah. And I think, if you look at the Phantom Menace from the context of that extra information of in Tales of the Jedi, it really does feel like once Maul is confirmed as a Sith, mm. then that is upended, right? And and I think that's a part of them going, okay, if the Sith are back, maybe there's something with this prophecy that's not have the boy just wandering yeah. <laughs> uh, the galaxy. Let's let's keep him here. Yeah, no, I lo- I'm glad you, you're highlighting the tales of the Jedi stuff. Just I thought just a wonderful, you know, the Soga stuff's great too and, and factors into this all, but the, the philosophy of the Jedi stuff. But yeah, man, that Dooku stuff is so solid and yeah, all that painful moment of, you know what, yeah, maybe we should have listened to you. Things could be a lot different. And that's the thing, you know, it, it, I totally get not wanting to be challenged on, on certain things you hold near to your heart, but sometimes the result is confirmation of what you believe, just a different way to approach it and, and, and grow with it. And, and I think that could be a little bit what plagues the Jedi Order and what, what Lucas has at the center of it, right? Don't throw out the order, uh, question it and make sure you're, you're, you're adhering to the, the mottos on your building. And, and, and your mission statements. Yeah. I mean, I go back to with some of Lucas's, you know, frustration with organizations and, and mm-hmm. how they can become encrusted and, and fail at their own ideals, which is just all over the prequels and, and in mm-hmm. the Clone Wars. is like going back to his director's guild challenge with Empire Strikes Back of like, well, yeah. wh- what's the, the ideal there with that battle was uh, people should be credited for their work. But at the time, it was, it can only be done in this way. It has to be before the credits or before the film starts. It has to be at the top, you know? And so Lucas has no disagreement with the, with the ideal, right? He's just saying, well, what if there was a different way? Because it's better for the story to have the story start, to have the fantasy start and not be interrupted. And then the credits come at the end. So we're, we're not disagreeing on the ideal. It's just that you, Director's Guild at the time, are utterly rigid on how it must be expressed. And I feel like, it's that those kind of ideas that are going on with the Jedi. Like yes. we all agree about the ideal. There's absolute rigidity about how it must be expressed and executed. 
Yes. Yes. I, I think it's, I think it's, we mentioned a lot, the director's guild battle, but I think it's, there's a reason we, we do and, and, and will continue to do. It's so key to not just his own life, but what he was trying to say. And I, I think even including, you know, Nixon era stuff and everything, it, it, it's, it's, it's not a, uh, a lack of belief in, in, in country or Lucas is an anti-union. It is this, yes, yes, yes. How can we make this better? And if not, we can't figure that way forward. We, we, we could lose all this. And, and, mm-hmm. and it puts it all into the prequels in this real powerful way. So that's why I love having these kind of fun, also, you know, tragic conversations around the Jedi in this era. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they they have great ideals. Uh, they stumbled a little bit, in my opinion. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Any other thoughts on this one? I just, I just imagine uh, George standing before the director's union with Irving Kirshner going, this is the director that will bring balance to the union. <laughs> you think it's this director? And, and Kirshner going, I'm, I'm cold, sir. I'm cold, sir. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> nope, I, the directors go going, actually, you've got a good idea. In fact, let's do that from, you know, it'll take a couple of decades, but from now on, almost all movies will have the credits at the end. Uh, it turns out, uh, George, this was your test. And like Ahsoka, he walks away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, there are some tortured metaphors for George Lucas's uh, fight in the 1970s and 80s. with the <laughs> And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with uh, more questions from our patrons on Patreon back in a 1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And we are back with more cues of the force. We go now to two questions from patrons on Patreon. We go first to Social Tortoise. Uh, here's what Social Tortoise has to say. I have a Star Wars podcast with my best friend from high school, but it's on hiatus because we've been busy with college. But we want to bring it back for Mando 3 because we started out with a weekly recap when it aired. For us, it felt special to have planned to talk about the show before we even knew it would become the phenomenon and then uh, be there as Mando hype doubled in season two. I have a hypothetical. If Force Center had to go on a long hiatus for whatever reason, what Star Wars thing would get you back on the mic right away? In other words, if you took a break, what aspect of Star Wars would stick out as something you would absolutely need to return to right away? Uh, Social Tortoise Tortoise also says, I have also returned from a few months back to give my twin sons moment as promised. Mine was when I was a camp counselor as a 20-year-old and was around so many lovely people and surrounded by nature. It made me feel for the first time that belonging could be found nearly anywhere if I let it. Uh, That is great. We we often talk about our twin sons moments where we look out into the horizon and feel connected and hopeful and looking toward the future. Uh, that is a great one from social tortoise and a great question. So, uh, Ken, do you have thoughts on either the twin sons moment or this question of what would make you need to get back on the mic in star Wars? For, yeah. Uh, social tortoise. That's a, that's an absolute great twin sons moment. Uh, yeah, nature can often do that. And it's no, you know, it's no coincidence that nature often runs through uh, a lot of star Wars and, and the connection to it. And, and all that stuff uh, that uh, we talk about, you know, Joseph, you talk about the organic versus the mechanical, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's powerful. I, I, I've been, I haven't been in a forest in a bit. <laughs> it's been a couple of years. I think I need to get back out and just stand by a tree. It works. So I love that moment until they get it. Uh, in terms of the other thing, uh, wow, I, I love these behind the scenes questions. We had the one uh, last week about additional content outside of Star Wars. We talked about that. Um, uh, so first of all, just in terms of um, hiatus, I'll point that we're in our we're in our ninth season of broadcasting, and we have never taken a break. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like we're about to. Um, I've I've even had some friends who are like, "Oh, so you guys go? Uh, do you guys go dark for a couple weeks during the holidays?" I'm like, "Oh no, oh no, no, no. We we pre tape. We go, we go." <laughs> um, and 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 by coincidence, Force Center for me is one of the, if not the most successful thing in my my career of of 25 plus years of of, of plan my trade in many different uh, entertainment mediums this is the one and i think that consistency and treating it like a, like work but also having a, a fun spirit uh, to it has has been um, 
part of our success, if, if I may say so ourselves. So if, if we do take a break, it's because uh, Joseph sells a show. And it's running one. We're manifesting that. Um, you know, uh, I I don't know. Mark Ellis takes me to stand up toward the moon. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> and even then, we're blessed to have Jennifer on the team. When Jennifer needed to step aside uh, for for a little bit uh, for her second child, we were able to to uh, do that. And 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 the show goes on. And and we wait for the right time for Jennifer to come back, which has uh, been in, in the current form. So we're blessed to have uh, have that. So I think that's what sends us away. What my opinion. What brings us back or if I'm like, Joseph, I'm going to broadcast from the moon on this one. It's any content that strikes a, a real world core core that needs to be discussed. Um, meaning every, every we're, we're going to find that in every piece of content. That's how our approach is on Force Center, right? So even the young, we're excited for the young Jedi adventures. <laughs> but if, if, I, if, I, if I was away and the Book of Boba, it's a great example. I know it wasn't as popular as uh, I would love it to have been. I, uh, maybe even Lucasfilm has that opinion. I, I, I run into a lot of like, with that show. And that bums me out. And I get really excited. And that's what I want to talk about in the bar. I'll go to that Trejo scene so many times. I mention it here in the show because, gosh, I just want you to feel what I feel from it. And I just want to discuss my thoughts on it and see if you can connect with it in any way. And I think if if that was to happen again, if Kenobi 2 comes along and we're not broadcasting, <laughs> And I'm like, no, 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 no. You, you, this is what the show is talking about. That more than say, hey, you know, a movie. Maybe maybe Four Center stops tomorrow and then suddenly episode 10 is like, let's kick the mics up again. That's more the, the content, but what it's about and, and wanting to discuss that with folks so they could maybe find the same kind of connection to it. That's what would get me back if we were away. Yeah, no, I think I think we're in a very similar answers here across the board. I think one of the reasons that we've been able to go so long, I think we we were forced to take a break when we were moving between uh, podcast hosts, yep, uh, yep. between Anchor and Acast. So many A's. Um, <laughs> and, and that was just like weird. I, I started to get like, come on. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, just going to start approaching random people on the street and go, hello, from yeah. the galaxy far, far away. Like, um, uh, it, so, yeah, it, it was difficult. And I think one of the reasons, though, that we've been able to keep doing it is that we are we are able to make adjustments for, for one another's schedule, you know. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and I would hope uh, even if we had some, like, big stuff happen that we'd be able to be like, well, we're at least going to do uh, this episode a week, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but all that said, I, I think I really agree with you. I think in terms of, like, actual shows if you know if we really had to take a break and then kenobi season two that would be like oh man i just really want to talk about this right uh more than any <laughs> uh, anyone in conversation is going to talk uh, to me about it in a deeper level than anyone in a casual conversation is going to want to talk to me about it uh yeah. kenobi is one of the um actual pieces of content uh the stories that would that would draw me in but i agree with you that I think what makes me most excited to discuss something is uh, to celebrate it. And I think what I mean by that is I see or feel something in it that really moves me. And I think sometimes, you know, the the dark side version of that is, oh, people are missing it out. So I'm going to, you know, right, or, right. or people are writing this off. Everybody is saying there's yeah. nothing to Book of Boba Fett. It's awful. Mm-hmm. great that's that's everybody has is entitled their opinions and you know some parts of it don't work for people that that's fine so i always want to approach it more from the perspective of here's what i saw mm-hmm. if you're willing to give it another chance maybe yeah. you can try to see these things in it too and see if that makes you enjoy it more 
or see if it connects with you in that way. That's what I get really excited about sharing. I've been loving talking about um, the Bad Batch season two Mm -hmm. uh, because the episodes have really been affecting me. I've been uh, really moved by them. They have felt like the issues at stake are deep fundamental issues of trying to be a human. Um, The, the, this week's episode, it, mm-hmm. it, uh, mm-hmm. as we're recording our Q's episode, Ken and I haven't recorded our review, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it was powerful. It affected me. It, it helped me, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of thing that makes me go want to share w- what I saw, what I felt and and see if other people saw that, felt that and want to see or feel those things. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 this is probably, again, why the show has continued to, to, to work and and and. And, and even grow, I think, the way we talk about things, uh, especially letting in our personal lives. But, yeah, I think that's I, – I, I know that there would be 3,000 podcasts to discuss episode 10 if it was there, right? You know, I wouldn't mm-hmm. – they wouldn't need my take on it. But I would love to just – you know, if I if – I, yeah, I'd just love to share what it meant to me. And I think that's mm-hmm. what we lead with so many, so many times, and, and that's what would pull me back. Yeah. And I miss it. I just miss it. I, I've said this before, but like I I love thinking about Star Wars, love talking about Star Wars from the really deep, like we're talking about to let's, you know, just make a bunch of jokes about Boba Fett's knee darts. Like I love talking about mm-hmm. Star Wars and I'm lucky to know plenty of people who who like Star Wars, but often it's, did you like this one? Did you like that one? Hey, uh, Luke and Leia, we're siblings, but they kiss. I'm like, cool, great, fun. Got it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Can we go, can we go deeper more? Like, uh, I, I don't, I'm not always going to get in casual one-on-one. We're at a party conversation. Like I, I have to check myself. <laughs> like, it, like it, I have to, uh, warn people when they ask me, like, you know, I think about this a lot. So, um, yes. I'm going to try to have not like flames consume my eye and start floating up to the ceiling while I, <laughs> you just asked me, did you like that one? Did you check that one out? I thought Boba Fett should have left Tatooine. I'm like, ah, like I, <laughs> that needs to go somewhere that's not gonna where it's wanted. Uh, I love that side note. I, you know, it's just that's I think a lot of Force Center listeners nod when we, you and I and Jen share that kind of stuff. It, it's not that, our, again, it's not that our opinions are better or more research, anything. I just, this is that's where the that's the lane I'm in. And and I often quote our buddy Adam Witt, who was a previous guest on the show from the movie guys. Highly recommend you check out uh, Adam and Paul there with their Ford Fiesta podcast, looking at every Harrison Ford movie, but uh. Adam said two quotes that have changed me of just of, of uh, number one, we are part of the generation that tried to destroy Star Wars for the generation behind it at the first chance we got, which was the prequel era overall. That's a general statement. Mm-hmm. That one really was like, I just did that kind of like, oh yeah, okay. And then you just like, you want, you, you come at me with that kind of stuff that you're talking about, Joseph, you don't want to talk about Star Wars. You just want to talk about the weather. You just, you, 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 do you want to talk Star Wars or you just want to make jokes? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't got time for the second one. You want to make your Star the Stormtroopers miss jokes? Send me a meme, a, a, a 14-year-old meme of, of the Death Star fire pit. I don't have time for that. <laughs> Do you want to talk about what the Death Star means? <laughs> Let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, hey. I, I understand. I understand. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I try to be open open to, uh, you know, some, some of the older memes to do check out, uh, much like the meme <laughs> about Piet that I just did is an older me uh, so. uh, it's well yeah that's i don't want to say I, that's a personal thing for me where i'm like the amount of people that text me who used to work with me 20 years ago you like star wars right like don't don't send me that picture i get it i get it yeah yeah 
No, I mean, I, I, I have got grumpy in the past about the Stormtroopers misjoke. Yeah. More in Star Wars storytelling. Because it's like, yeah. yep, we got it. it the, 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 the storytellers have done a great job. It's it's built in. They're not as well trained. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they mostly function through intimidation. They're not yeah. as good as clone troopers. I love that answer. Um, yeah. All sorts of stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think for me, it's, it's sometimes when it, the... The conversations where sort of like very old things are assumed and spoken of in Star Wars as though it is known, as though it is true, and then I'd be like, "Well, let's yeah. let's dive deeper, right?" You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so clearly uh, we're not going to stop talking about Star Wars. You can't stop talking about talking about Star yeah. Wars. So uh, no plans to stop talking anytime <laughs> soon. Uh, thank you, uh, Social Tortoise, for that great question and for sharing. And best of luck on your uh your podcast return uh we are with you on the mando hype um mm -hmm. i think in some ways right now you know mandalorian is you know the main event in lots of ways because of the cultural impact that it made because the way uh you know baby yoda at the time just drew in a lot of people who were not necessarily all in star wars fans you know mm -hmm. it, it is right now um there aren't movies in theaters. It is kind of the premier Star Wars, I think, yeah. uh, because of the level of investment from people at all levels of Star Wars engagement. So I think mm -hmm. it's really exciting to be on the precipice of kind of premier Star Wars coming back. Yeah, love it. Yeah, which obviously is not to say anything against, uh, you know, the other Star Wars that we love. Uh, mm -hmm. But from now on, from now on, but from now, we will move on. From now on, we'll move on. Uh, our next and final question comes to us from Will Culbertson. Will says, hello, Four Center crew. I've been trying to think of a deep and meaningful Star Wars question for y'all to sink your teeth into for this round, and I just don't seem to have one in me today. So just for fun, what do you think Order 65 and Order 67 were all about? Uh, please throw caution to the wind and speculate irresponsibly on this one. Cheers. Uh, not only was this a fun question, but I thought this was a great opportunity uh, we'll put this in uh, our our new prompt that I put up this weekend for questions uh, on our Patreon. Uh, and yeah, we want questions of all kinds. You want deep, philosophical, meaningful, we're happy to do that. But we also just want to celebrate the fun of Star Wars. So thank you for this fun question, Will. That said, Ken, uh, do you have theories for Order 65 and Order 67? I, I do. I will also add, Joseph and I are fun at parties. You can talk Star Wars with us <laughs> at parties. It's just, don't be like, this is pretty stupid, right? No, let's celebrate McClunky because it's the best thing Ooh. ever. And I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, this is, no, we love, we love the, the silly as much as the profound indeed. And, and um, I, so I've, oh, yeah, I think order 66 is, it's just, I don't, and to be honest, I, I don't even know why that number is the number. Maybe there's a quote from Lucas or some concept there. I don't know. I don't know if someone out there can let, let us know, but um, I've always wondered, you know, what's that case? So are one through 65 failed plans, other plans? Um, and I go with this. Well, order 65 This is all part of Palpatine's ongoing plan. We know he's great at uh, manipulation. We know he's great at rolling with the punches and keeping himself in a position of power. But I think order 65 was a Jedi appreciation party. <laughs> and that when that went out, it was to be like, hey, we're all for one here. Yeah, right? the, the war is coming to an end. Uh, not that they necessarily knew that, but Order 65 is like streamers. Hey, thanks for being around, Jedi. You can completely trust us. Turn your back on us. We're good. We're all here. We're all fighting. And then Order 67 was clean up and lost and found duty. 
And I think that's a little <laughs> bit what you've seen on Kashyyyk. That's Order 67, sadly, when they're going around looking at the destruction over there. Um, and that leads into the next phase and that, you know, might include hunting down Jedi and all that kind of stuff. But that's because then you go to the, the mass burning of the lightsabers in that comic, that Vader comic mm. uh, with Mas- Masamita there, you know, burning all the lightsabers uh, right after the fall. That could be part of it. Order 67 was pick up what was dropped. <laughs> Literally, the pick up what was dropped. Like any Jedi gear, you're like, hey, if you, we want to. We're gonna we're gonna have a ritual burning of their little aqua breathers. Yeah. So uh, yeah. if any of those fell when they died, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I think it is. A little dark, a little dark, you know, because Jedi aren't uh, aren't vanishing into the Force here. So we gotta get rid of some sort of you know poor Kiati in his robes. We gotta take the Magito gear. We gotta give get rid of it somehow. Order 67. Uh, check their bodies like corpses in Bioshock. Yeah. Uh, Search for loose change. <laughs> loot the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, I love this. I I, I kind of think uh, it, look, my head canon of, of actual canon is like just Order 66 is the only order and it just, it sounds cool. Like, you know, yeah. uh, I, think that, I think that's the one. I remember uh, when I was in college and starting to promote uh weird sketch comedy type shows um i went to college at the university of minnesota and at the time you could staple a flyer to anything but a person was allowed pretty much uh mm-hmm. not trees but there's so many places so i was i was like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna walk everywhere and paper this university and i and uh mm-hmm. other people were like use tape use pushpins like i i tried that it's like no so i was like i got a, a big punch stapler right Mm, love those. And uh, the the I went and looked at one, and there was one called the T fifty. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember thinking about how the you know we've built ourselves up culturally, so certain letters and numbers sound big. And it's like I would not have bought this if it was G thirteen. Yeah. I would not have trusted that stapler. But a T fifty, that's a serious <laughs> stapler. Uh, and I think of the T fifty stapler when I think of Order sixty six. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. got the you know proximity to the you know alleged number of the beast uh but yeah uh yes. yeah it's just <laughs> it's so right though you know you and i have talked before about you know as as comics and, and and writer you choose the right words the right syllables the right punch yeah order 66 i remember the time in 05 i had that like what kind of vibe but that quickly fell away because it was just fun to say and how many speaking of things and guess what i've done this too so i'm not casting any stunts how many times do you go on the Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, who knows? And people are like, my order at McDonald's is 66. Look at this. It just works. Order 66. That is to be shared every time. I take a photo every time I'm lucky and get order 66. Come on. Been a few years. I have done that too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a just share always rule for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love having the fun and joking. Okay. So I think, you know, order 65, uh, I think all these orders are here to just kind of test the compliance uh, of the mm-hmm. clones, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my guess for Order 65 is Palpatine sent a command to all the clones saying, let's take it easy on the big face tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, probably Palpatine was kind of frustrated as he watched over the course of the war, the individuality of the clones grow. Like, okay, well, they're not going to go by their numbers. They're going to have little nicknames. Okay. Fine, great. That'll make mm-hmm. it even closer to their the Jedi saps who want to see them all as individuals. Like, okay, now they're now they're going wild with some haircuts. They got some 
some weird haircuts. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing some dyeing uh, of their hair. Okay. All right. And they're some, even some facials, uh, you know, uh, hair. Okay. And that, oh, okay. What's this Jesse guy who, who got the entire <laughs> Galactic yeah. Republic uh, image, the logo, which I Palpatine intend to change a little bit uh, for the Empire. <laughs> he got that tattooed on his entire face. <laughs> no. Order 65. Back off on the face tattoos, clones. This is great. This is great because uh, in baseball, I'm a New York Yankee fan and they're often called the evil empire. Uh, but one of the reasons I think that matches up is they still in this 2023 have the strict facial hair policy rule and hair rule. Like you can't flash any personality. You must really. Yeah, they still have it. And I, that's, I've always I, I couldn't play for the Yankees. I, I need some some facial hair. I need to change it. Uh, and and it, I, I would love the conversations Palpatine would have with, with, with Masamita. Anyone, anyone, Yularen, what are, what are these tattoos? You know, it probably drove him crazy, but he probably couldn't. He had to play along with it mm-hmm. until Order 65. But yeah. Yep. Yep. A troubling amount of individuality for sure. Um, I love your Order 67. <laughs> <laughs> Loot the remains. Loot of the Jedi. Um, but uh, I, I'm trying to think what's, you know, on his mind immediately, immediately. Like, hey, great job on no questions, just wiping out most of the Jedi order. Uh, thanks. Yeah. Everything worked out great. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, he's got that awkward transition where he's he's selling in the Senate yeah. that uh, the, the Jedi's betrayal has left him scarred and deformed. Um, but I think maybe there's some vanity in it. You know, I think Order 67 is uh, good soldiers uh, think dark robes are cool. <laughs> mm. Mm. Uh, I think he gives them a, a, a mental uh, command that, uh, yeah, a, a wrinkled old man with, man with glaring yellow eyes and rotting teeth and discolored fingertips <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hiding in a shadowy dark robe. That that's the picture of trustworthy. Yeah, that's a good point. I love the practical stuff, the cleanup, and and also the 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 imaging. Yeah, it's very important. That's amazing. <laughs> Order sixty seven is just it's all it's all propaganda. Yeah, yeah. God, execute Order sixty seven so I can wear my robes. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, I've always hated their aqua breathers. Bring me their aqua breathers. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Uh, That is our big look at this fun, fun question. Thank you so much, Will. Any final thoughts, Ken? Uh, No. uh, Again, I'm obsessed with suddenly there's a bunch of Imperial uniforms the day after, which we've always talked about. Palpatine had to approve some kind of costume, uh, you know, some kind of branding. So I love this kind of stuff, getting into uh, the fun nitty gritty. So, Will, great question. Great question. Great question. My last bit of headcanon is at some point Palpatine's got a bunch of these lined up and he just gets, he gets tired. That's a lot of calls to make, right? Yeah. <laughs> at yeah. some point he just has to be like, execute uh, order uh, 72 through 89. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get them all done at once. All right. That is our questions, our cues, uh, our power of the light side. This is a segment where we ask uh, patrons on Patreon to share something they love about Star Wars. Could be a character, could be a moment from their life, could be a collectible, whatever it is. Uh, I need to re-up 
uh, and post a new uh, submission request uh, because our previous one is uh, is tapped out. Uh, I will do that. If you want to share some stuff, great. If uh, if you don't, that's fine too. Uh, follow your bliss. Ken, that is it. Do you want to let people know where they can find us? I do, I do. Also, I want to hear Palpatine go select all orders. Uh, there you go on Twitter, Force Center Pod. We are on Hive Social. Force Center Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. On YouTube, you can find figure fights. We got some essays and more on the way. Some shorts are on there too. Follow us over there. Podcast on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center and patreon.com slash Force Center is where you can support us directly. Like Joseph just said, you can submit power of the light side there. Follow me at Ken Napsock. Go to my website, KenNapsock.com for more information on other things I do, including the Blathering Podcast or Pop Rock and Radio. Even uh, you're an ASMR fan, I got a sports card ASMR a channel on YouTube as well. Uh, Joseph, where can they follow you? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media is at Joseph Scrimshaw. Still on Twitter, also on Mastodon, Hive, Instagram. Instagram's fun, so uh, find me there. Also, you can go to my YouTube uh, page channel uh, now. You can go to my YouTube now and check out some of the comedy and short films I have up there. Uh, recently, in the last week, uh, I released a new darkly comic cosmic horror short called Unboxing the Cosmos. If you want to check that out, give it a like. Uh, let me know what you think. That would be wonderful but for now for myself for ken for whatever order 13 was this has been cues of the force Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.